Hi, you're now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. We're happy to bring you sermons like this one every week. You can find other sermons at our site at harvest-community.org. So without further ado, here's our speaker. Uh, We want to look at Acts 10. I've always been fascinated with the story of Peter. Um, No coincidence that that's also my name, but uh, Peter is a fascinating figure that God chose to do great things in and through. And I wanted to take a look at an incident from Peter's life that I think people often don't really pay a lot of attention to, but I find it very important. Acts chapter 9, verses 9 to 16 and 34 to 35. And uh, we'll look at um, Acts 10... Other parts of it as well, so if you have your Bibles, you can keep that open. Acts 10, I've called this morning's message Divine Breakthrough. And uh, I've also been on a little bit of a sabbatical, um, month of July in a few weeks. So if I'm a little rusty, uh, please cheer me on, say amen, brother, hang in there, pray for me as we get through this, because I'm kind of in veg mode and uh, just hanging out with my family, eating a lot, sleeping, and uh, things like that. So uh, forgive me if I'm a little bit rustier. Acts chapter 10, verses 9 through 16. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Skipping down to verses 34 and 35. After God met Peter in a very powerful, unexpected way through this vision. Peter responds, he opened up his mouth and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Like many of you, as we are getting older together, I just had my first colonoscopy endoscopy. I don't know if I should have shared that with you. It was a horrific experience, that purge. Oh my gosh, thank goodness everything was okay. But as I'm creeping toward the big 5-0, uh, my brother-in-law, who is a GI doctor, said, uh, it's not bad to get them both done at the same time. So I just experienced that. I lost some weight. Oh, now I know what that is like. And uh, thank God, he said, just 10 years, you can uh, wait until the next one. I said, oh, great. Oh, why did I share that? How embarrassing, <laughs> irrelevant. We're getting older together. And as we're getting older, we desire a calm, uneventful, steady life, do we not, without drama, without a lot of craziness, with a lot of interruptions, do we not? We just want to do our thing, work, raise our kids, go to school, clean the house, what have you, take care of the kids. We don't want interruptions. We don't want surprises. And I understand that as we get older. But I think that often as we, a lot of us are entering middle age or past middle age or creeping towards there, and you got to also get your colonoscopy done. 
We often translate that desire for uninventfulness and, uh, and predictability in our experience with God. And I think for a lot of us, including myself, we've grown up in pretty intense spiritual environments, maybe uh, as a youth, maybe in our campus years, maybe in our earlier young adult years, maybe we lived in the city for a season and experienced all that the city has to offer, and we've had a lot of uh, pretty intense encounters with God. And I know that as time has gone gone on, I often feel that, well, that's when we were younger and maybe we didn't know much better and we needed to be shocked out of our um, craziness and out of our youthful passions and all that accompanies when you're younger. But I wonder if that's really the right way to understand the way in which God works in our lives and the nature of the gospel itself. What would I, I would like to share this morning is that that often translates to a non-expectant spirituality, which I believe can be dangerous. We think often that that is a sign of spiritual maturity as we get older and we don't get moved or stirred and everything's predictable and calm in our lives. But when we look at scriptures and we look at men and women, both young and old, that God has chosen to work in their lives for God's great, missionary plan, his plan of redemption, he often shows up and disrupts people's lives in ways that are, that is quite shocking. And often he does that because sometimes that's the only way to get our attention, to be honest. And he gets our attention and breaks through into our lives, not just to bother us, not just to shake us up a little bit, but ultimately in order to rescue us because we're going in a wrong direction, to renew us, to revive us. God often intervenes and breaks through in our lives in order that he will reveal himself to us. And I pray that as we are aging together and entering into different stages of life over the years and for harvest 20 plus years of ministry, that we would not settle for that kind of spirituality. Sure, transformation is gradual and takes place over time. But let us not box out God and think that we can't experience him in powerful ways in our lives, even as we continue to move on in the journey of life. Peter experienced an amazing breakthrough here, and I would like to call it a breakthrough to freedom. Here we have one was a believer. He was very committed to Jesus. He gave up everything to follow him, left his family, the fishing nets, his comfortable life. He was one of the inner three. And as God was doing a very great thing during the time of the early church and after Jesus' ascension up to heaven, God wanted to use Peter in mighty ways and was doing so. But before Peter, who was a believer and a committed follower to Christ, servant of God's kingdom, could be used for the next stage of his life, the next season of God's mission for him, his ministry, he had to have a major breakthrough in his life. A breakthrough from his past, 
a breakthrough from his narrow beliefs, a breakthrough from his truncated and distorted view of God, and a very immature understanding of the gospel. Why? Because of his stubbornness, because of his fixated thoughts and understanding of how God works, about his ministry, his mission. He was solely focused on converting Jews to Christ, not Gentiles. And so in Peter's mind, though he loved God, I believe that he did so much in his life and left so much to follow Christ. And yet this kind of thoughts, this kind of barrier was like a firewall preventing Peter from experiencing the next stage and season that God had for him as a child and as a servant. It was because he was fixed in his tradition, his culture, and his values. I love what Pastor Kent Hughes says, in Peter's case, despite all of his love, do we have that on there? If not, you can listen here. All of his love and devotion for Christ, his unfortunate attitude could have strangled his ministry and could have reduced Christianity to just another sect of Judaism. This is a very serious situation. So much so that God had to break through into Peter's life. It would have strangled his ministry and would have been a block to what God wanted to do in and through his life. We are not talking about conversion for the first time, coming to faith in Peter's life. We're talking about a committed follower. And yet, here in this vision, as he was praying of all things, not parting away, not just sleeping away, but seeking God. And in this vision, God met him, as we've read, this blanket-like thing descending from heaven, all kinds of animals there. Peter knowing when the command was given, rise, Peter, kill, eat. No, Lord, those are unclean. I'm a committed Jew. I'm a follower of Jesus. I wouldn't dare desecrate my body and break my commitment to you by eating dirty animals, unclean. But God was trying to speak to him and break through into Peter's mindset and heart and his culture so that he could experience God in a new season of life, faith, and ministry. John Stott, looking at this passage, says that Peter is so stubborn, so hard-hearted in this area of his life, that God had to break through in four different ways for him to finally understand that God was speaking to him about this area of his life. He describes it as four successive hammer blows to Peter in order to finally break through. The first one was this vision, this divine vision. All kinds of animals, reptiles, birds of the air. And the voice from heaven saying, rise, Peter, kill, and eat. He said, no way. That's filthy. I've never eaten that. What God has made clean, do not call common. Peter knew that what God was speaking to him is that it wasn't just about reaching Jewish people. For God's grace, God's power is too big 
to be captured by just one community of people. God was trying to break through this barrier that he had. To break through his understanding that the gospel is too great, too big, too powerful to be contained just among the Jewish community. It must contain all races, all classes, without distinction. In the midst of that, Peter was still not there yet. These men were sent from Cornelius, three men, to get Peter and to share with their beloved master and friend, Cornelius. Please come with us. And when Peter got there and Cornelius was in prayer, though he wasn't yet fully understanding the gospel, the Holy Spirit came upon them in such a profound way. Without doubt, Peter realized as God finally broke through him, truly, I understand, he says, that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. And as the Holy Spirit fell upon that room and upon Cornelius and his family, Peter finally began to understand what God was trying to do in his life and heart. He would have a breakthrough to freedom. That in Jesus Christ, all these old rules of what it means to be holy and clean, they were fulfilled in him. And now the Gentiles by God's grace, would not be considered outsiders or unclean because of these rules or laws. John Piper says this. I thought this was really good. Peter learned from his vision on the housetop that God rules no one out of his favor based on race or ethnic origin or mere cultural or physical distinctives. Peter's problem of this restricted, fixed understanding and view was impeding the work of God in his life and through his life. And he needed a major breakthrough to freedom. For God was so much bigger than his rules, his narrow understanding, his stubbornness. God's grace he would experience in that room as the Holy Spirit came on Cornelius and his family would be far more deeper and more transforming than he could imagine. And God's plan was so much deeper, so much larger, so much more timeless that it would break out. But Peter needed that breakthrough in order for him to truly understand what God was trying to communicate. Sadly, For many of us here who consider ourselves followers of Christ and servants of his kingdom, though we may be aging physically, often it is so easy for our faith journey and our walks to be stunted, to stagnate. And we wonder, where is God's power? Where is the God that I committed my life to? And for me, it was the eighth grade at that first oil retreat back in the day. Where is that God? And we realize just how often stubborn we are. And then we wonder, God, where are you? Who are you? Why aren't you working in my life? I was reminded of this in a simple way. 
And our third son, who's headed toward two years old, is kind of a surprise baby. We're happy with two kids. Went into the bathroom, saw a pregnancy stick laid out right in front of the sink as I was brushing my teeth. I saw that it had a certain direction of a pink line. I said, is this a joke? What is this? Honey! And we, she was not, but I was shocked that we would have another child. That little child is a boy named James who's headed toward two, and he's passionate about avocados. Just call him avocado boy. He just loves avocados. And so I'm constantly cutting those suckers and feeding it to him. He just, he literally will drink it with the straw if I make it into a shake. I mean, he just loves avocados. But the thing is, I couldn't stand uh, preparing the avocados. Every time I had cut it, that wrapper is hard, and then I'm trying to take a spoon and take out that seed. And doing that for the past two years, I was getting very tired of it. My wife said, honey, there's a better way. I said, no, there is no other way. I love my son. I'm just going to take out these seeds. And she showed me finally when I said, all right, what is a better way? After all the green goop on my hand, no more. What is the better way? Take a knife, cut it down, twist it, and then drop it in the garbage. I said, say, what? And I tried it, and it worked, and I've never been the same ever since. How come no one told me about that avocado hack? My goodness. But isn't that so much like us, especially if I could say for us men? We have a fixed way of doing things. We don't want to know if there's another way. We'll just do it even if it's hard, even if it's gross, even if it's tiring. Until finally, we have an avocado breakthrough. It changed my life. It changed my life. That small, humorous example is often how we appear before God. Having experienced many a powerful retreat and revival movements in my younger years, I had it fixed, especially growing up in the Asian American immigrant church, that God works very powerfully within my own kind, my own people group. And especially generationally among younger people. But once older people finish college, once they're working, ah, they're spiritually gone. They're spiritually dead. They're old. The works of the spirit and exciting dynamic ministries for the younger generation. And to be honest, even as I see clips of J-Gen and kids jumping up and I had two knee surgeries, so I can't even imagine. So I just lift up my hands like this and exercise along J-Gen. I can't do that jumping stuff. But it's exciting seeing younger generation excited for the Lord and that mindset that it's only for younger people. And then I got that email, God often works through ordinary means, asking if I was available to speak at a retirement home in Northbrook in our uh, denominational um, retirement community. I belong to the Evangelical Covenant Church, and there's a bunch of old people living together at the retirement community in Northbrook. And I said, that's the last thing I want to do. <laughs> and I said, maybe uh, they'll find someone else. I ignored it, got on with my life next week. Will you please come and minister to our senior citizens at the retirement community? Oh, Lord, I don't, I don't want to do that. Well, there I was. All uh, non-Asians, all Caucasians, average age, probably like 93 
not a sound, not a word during the whole message talking about uh, God's father heart for us and taking care of us. And some looked like they were sleeping. And uh, one of them, even as soon as service was over, fell over onto the ground. I said, oh my gosh, call 911. The other citizens, oh, that happens all the time. Don't worry about it. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Don't move, sonny. Don't move. They're coming. Oh my goodness. Scared me to death. And there they were at the end of the service, tears, praying for me, saying how much they needed to hear that message of God's heart, of love, his father heart for his children, that they were filled with so much anxiety that morning and that God spoke to them, they'll be praying for me, please come back. And I could see the love of Christ in their hearts in this older retirement community, and boom, God is dropping that hammer. How dare you think that the Spirit only works among younger generation? What about those saints in the 80s, 90s, or people in their hundreds, worshiping, raising their hands, trying to live for God in their lives? It really, really broke me. We often think that spirituality is just for the younger generation. And God had to put his finger on that and break through. It doesn't matter the age or season of life. God could work whether it's a young kid or whether it's a 100-year-old senior citizen with just a few short years left of their lives. I'm so thankful that that person kept on bugging me to come and to experience a great breakthrough, even in a small way of speaking and ministering to this older crowd. As a result of Peter's breakthrough, Cornelius experienced a breakthrough of his own. He experienced a breakthrough to life. Cornelius said that four days ago he was praying, and he also had a vision. And God said, your prayers have been heard. Your alms have been remembered before God. Go get the guy named Simon, called Peter. So I sent for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. He was a God-fearer. He offered sacrificial offerings. He even prayed. And yet, as respectable and accomplished that he was, he still did not possess true life. And it's interesting, through Peter's breakthrough, as he would go and share the message of Christ, Cornelius and his whole family would come to experience the joy of knowing the Lord personally. It was a breakthrough to life. A man of great privilege, power, authority, and comfort, a God-fearer, had everything you could imagine and want in life and yet did not yet fully understand the message of the gospel. And it was through Peter's breakthrough of freedom that he would minister to Cornelius and his entire family, and they would experience life. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word, and the believers from among the circumcised who had come with him, Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. Our spiritual breakthroughs are not just for ourselves, but God uses those things that others would experience true life. When we first started meeting in Vernon Hills with a handful of people, 
We met in elementary school, very similar to this. The custodian, a Mexican gentleman who was in charge of opening the doors, cleaning up, he kept on staying in the back, and I didn't know if he was afraid we were going to make a mess or what have you. I would notice that he would sometimes have a seat. Some Sundays he would sit a little bit closer, and other Sundays he would just stand, and I don't know where he went, and we just kept on worshiping, praying that God would help us launch a dynamic church in Lake County and all these things. We had an event, a back-to-school bash, and a Mexican lady came with some children. She said, oh, my husband told me about this new church that is starting, and we'd love to know a little bit more about it, and we welcomed them. And before we knew it, her, her children, her husband, that they would become our first converts, our first uh, conversions. They would come to know Christ. We baptized them soon after. And they have not only become church members, but they have really become our friends. They've become our family. We bump into them at Dairy Queen and at Costco and Target in the Vernon Hills area, and it's great. We hug them. We love them. I can't imagine life without them. And she also cuts my hair, so uh, I'm very thankful for that as well. I try to tip well since I'm the pastor of the church as well. But I realize that when God is breaking through our lives, it's never just about us and us wanting to be filled and blessed and experience God in new ways, but he does it so that he can use us to bring life to others. And I'm so thankful to God that we were able to see the entire Mendoza family come to know Christ for the first time in their lives in the midst of us, not even thinking about them. He was just the custodian of the church that we were using, or the, the elementary school. God breaks through our breakthroughs in order to bring life to those that don't know him. Thirdly and finally, what I see here, when the report was given to the church back at Jerusalem, Peter shared all that happened. When they heard these things, they fell silent. The church leaders, they glorified God, saying, then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. Through Peter's breakthrough, Cornelius' whole family would have a breakthrough from the breakthrough to freedom through breakthrough to life and the church would experience a breakthrough to power as the gospel now would go forth in profound ways throughout the Roman world. Peter's breakthrough was not just for himself, not just for the lost around him, but God would use it then to break through into that church community in a profound new way that they would experience the gospel in a new, powerful, life-transforming way. It's never just about our own personal breakthroughs. It's connected that the lost will be found, the church will be renewed and recommitted to the mission that God has given to us as they experience his power. The Holy Spirit was poured forth mightily, convincing these Jewish church leaders that the Gentiles were also to be part of God's kingdom plan. Amazing, powerful things would happen, and we are here today because of that breakthrough. Our spiritual breakthroughs bring true power into our community. I recently got to know a church in our denomination that, you know, some of you have been here a long time and maybe for the full 21, 22 years or so, and 
It feels like it's been a long, long journey. This church was planted in the 1880s by European immigrants. And after over 130 years almost of ministry, could you imagine over 100 century old church? They began to ask questions. Why did God plant our church after the Civil War in the 1880s? How has our community changed around us that we have been planted in in the 1880s? And as they began to ask those questions, God broke through their comfort and their tradition and over a century of ministry, and they realized that their city, their town was changing and had changed dramatically over the decades as they see ethnic minority groups pouring into the closest city next to them. And so in our denomination, the ECC, they finally, in response to that, God broke through their malaise, their comfort, their stagnation, and they planted a downtown church in their community. It was the first church plant in 100 years in that part of America for our denomination. And they just planted that just a year or two ago. As they began to ask those questions, leaders began to move into the community of which the church was actually meeting at and began to reach out to their neighbors and friends. And as they were sharing this with me, they were literally knocking door to door, inviting children to their VBS. And just a couple Sundays ago, they shared that over 250 kids and more than half of those were not children from their own church showed up wanting to know more about who this God is and who these friendly people are that are beginning to reach out and really show them the love of God in Christ Jesus. My question this morning as we get ready to wrap up here is, what would have to happen at Harvest after not 130 years, but after just 20-some years for people to say, wow, I've never seen anything like this. God must be breaking through. Look at the demonstration of his power working in such profound, deep ways. What would cause Harvest to have that sense of true spiritual unity beyond just hanging out and just being friends surrounded by people that look like us, act like us, have been educated like us, what would that look like to receive a compelling mission from the Lord in order that we would reach new generations and new groups of people that may be very different than us? Pastor Ken Hughes says this, we too write off whole churches simply by what we have heard about them. We too shut out whole ethnic groups because of a bad experience with one person or family. We too are guilty of mentally excommunicating those who do not agree with us on one or secondary issues. Our sheets easily fill with educational, racial, cultural, and spiritual rejects. And we cry, by no means, Lord, they are not my type. Before this kind of dynamism can happen in our lives, where we see people coming to know the Lord, where we see the church experiencing his power, often a breakthrough must take place. My parents have been faithful members and leaders of their church here in the suburbs of Chicago for decades. And like many of you whose parents 
has, have raised you in the Korean immigrant church, for those that may be Korean or any uh, church um, in general, often over years there is conflict, there is pain, there is infighting. And my parents' church went through a season of that that was so bitter, so painful, so difficult. And we are so thankful that that season has come to an end in the past few years. They got a new pastor, and that pastor said, Peter, we know that you, including Dave Lee and Steve Lee, grew up in this church, and you are one of the first fruits of this church, having been kids, and now you're in ministry. Would you come and speak to the first generation and the second generation together as an encouragement to what God has done over the decades and generations? I said, no, sir, I'm not interested. I can't speak Korean. I'm not comfortable with that generation, to be honest. I've served in the immigrant churches. I've been very wounded. I've been hurt. I really don't want to do this. I'm sorry. Boy, these pastors, older pastors, they're very, very persistent. Texting, calling, fasting, praying. Will you please come? It is God's will. He spoke to me. And then as my parents are saying, you better come. You better come. They're going to kick us out of the church if you don't come. I said, oh, my Lord. And so begrudgingly, hesitant, I did not want to do it. A couple Sundays ago, they gathered everyone from the youngest to the oldest. And as I began to speak and seeing the faces of my parents' generation, many who are heading toward their 80s, many of them I know, their friends have passed away already. Some are fighting cancer and Alzheimer's and all different kinds of disease and God really filled my heart with a lot of compassion as I looked over just a few rows down to see my parents there who were smiling, praying, so proud of their son, I guess, for coming to their church to speak. I thank my parents for sticking together for almost 50 years of marriage as we celebrate their golden anniversary next year. I looked out and saw many of my parents' friends who... Year after year, decade after decade, I saw cooking food, picking up trash, cleaning the church. Every time I come back from break and, and different trips back and visiting my parents' church. You see, I had this thick wall against the first generation of my culture because of the hurt and pain and woundedness I experienced. But as I saw them there for who they were and the great church that they built and for myself and many of my friends who went through children's ministry and youth group and uh, college ministry for some, I could not help but to thank them for their sacrifices, their love for us, their prayers. And it was a profound time that for me was not only the highlight of the summer, but really was one of the most meaningful ministry opportunities God had given me in my life. to thank my parents and their generation as hard as it was to come to a country where they could not even speak English and to build a great church where my generation could be raised up to know the Lord. It was a profound experience that I'm so thankful that my stubborn hardness to God broke through. The reformers had a phrase, semper reformanda, reforming. always reforming according to the tenets of the gospel. The world 
and ourselves, we love to put up walls and barriers because we don't want to be hurt. We want to protect ourselves. We've been wounded. And we think about today's problems of race and classism and fractures in our community. Isn't that, when we really trace it back, and even the problems of our lives, how often we block out God and say, No, Lord, this is mine. And yet I can't imagine a more critically important truth of the gospel that God is a God who breaks through. He breaks through our lives in order to bring us life, in order for us to experience his freedom, and for the church to experience new power in profound ways that we could be encouraged, that we can be lifted up, and we can go and do great things for the Lord. He brings freedom to the already converted. He breaks down our walls so that his light could shine in the unconverted places of our hearts. And he does this not just when we are youth or on campuses during our college years, but he does it throughout the course of our lives. And as he works, he brings power to our lives that we can go out and be on mission for him. What breakthrough does God want to do in your life today that you know he's speaking to you about, but you've been so resistant, you don't want him going there? What are some critical areas of your life that the gospel still hasn't converted in issues of stewardship, in the way in which we treasure our children and want them to be successful and happy, and yet maybe God could have different plans for their lives. And what about when we are estranged or have broken relationships with people from our past? One of my previous ministries, we had such a difficult season of conflict and pain, and one of the younger pastoral interns there And I ended very, very poorly. But we move on. He moved to Canada. Thought I'd never see him again. No big deal. God will forgive us. Let's just move on with our lives. And this past spring, we planned a quick road trip out to Toronto. And that's where he had moved to. God really put his finger on my heart in this dark place and said, You need to meet up with him when you're on this vacation. I said, no, Lord, I'm on vacation. Give me a break. Toronto's a far drive. Isn't Pastor Dave in Toronto right now? We had good food and having a good time, and you need to meet up with this guy. And so I reached out to him. Pastor Peter, thank you so much for contacting me. Is your family free tomorrow night for dinner? We'll order some good Thai food, the best in the city. Please come over. I said, Thai food? I'm there. (laughs) And there we had such a sweet time of fellowship. And great Thai food doesn't help. It doesn't hurt. It helped. We prayed together, reconciled after years of not communicating at all whatsoever. And as we left that place, I realized, thank you, Lord, for breaking through even in this small way in my relational brokenness with someone that I had a falling out with. Thank you that you are a God that sends your Holy Spirit to not ignore those places that we need your light to shine once again. I love what James Edwards says, and I'll end with this because I know I'm going over here. There is no escaping the call of God. Whoever we are, wherever we are, God breaks into our lives in ways distinctive to each of us 
calling us to himself and to us in unimaginable ways for his eternal purposes. God intrudes and he interrupts, not because he is boorish or tyrannical, but because our world is bent and proud. If he did not intrude, we would not hear him and we would not know him. I pray that whatever area of your life that God has been speaking to you and wanting to break through, that you would not resist, that you would allow him to shine his light of the gospel into that area, that you would break through so that he could break through into your life and he would be able to reveal himself in ways that you did not know or experience. Let him heal those wounds and those dark places so that you could experience the fullness of Christ in your life. And that God could use you to bring not only healing and freedom to your own heart, but he will use you to bring life to those that don't know him, as we see in Peter's breakthrough to Cornelius, and bring that back to our beloved church community that we would experience a freshness, a renewal, and a touch of his power in a fresh new way. He is not limited to working just when we are young, youth and children and even college students, but he continually works in our lives even as we get older. He is a God who breaks through because of our stubborn hearts and the walls that we put up to protect ourselves. And I experienced even this past summer how he wants to bring those down that he would reveal himself to us. What areas of your life does God want to break through? Let's pray. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.